Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey. I'm Freddie. Here's the situation. It's uh, 1985. Middle of 1985. Middle of 1985. At this point, you know, you've seen some movies in the movie theater, and you're seeing trailers for Weird Science, Real Genius. And you may or may not have seen a trailer for... My Science Project. My Science Project. Directed by John... Butel, Butel, Butel. I don't I'm know. Going, how to say his I'm name. going with that. That sounds fair. Butel. I you mean, know, that's the I, sticky stuff that you hang pictures with. But maybe that's not the right he, thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I try to do a little research and try to find some kind of YouTube video. I wanted to have somebody saying right, his name, right? And I couldn't find it because there's but nothing on this disc. He also wrote uh, Last Starfighter. Right, right, that, right, right. Like a year before this. That's why I had seen his name before. Well, Last Starfighter would probably gave him. Yeah, yeah there's an like, opportunity. Right. Did right. He, he wrote this too, right? Yeah, he wrote yeah. and directed it, yeah. The, you know, the other recognizable movie title to some anyway he did after that was Theodore Rex. Oh, right, 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 yeah. With, yes. With Whoopi Goldberg. I remember the box. Oh, man. Never seen you it, You know, though. just some cops just can't work with another partner, especially one that's well, a dinosaur. Right, especially when you hook them up with a, you know, Jurassic Age detective. It's weird. Anyway, wow, no Theodore Rex is another conversation that we'll probably have down the line. For sure. One of those bait, date and bait movies. <laughs> My science project uh, has some faces that you may recognize. Um, oh yeah, John Stockwell, who was uh, you know he'd been in Christine. I guess was his, probably his biggest thing at that point. Right. Uh, but he was you know he was in a, he was in several uh, sort of eighties teen movies. He was a familiar face. Um, Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens went on an interesting stretch during this time. Yeah, um, man, I loved him. I thought he was funny. He. With this movie, and then a year later, Short Circuit. Yep, he definitely pushed the boundaries a little bit of what was acceptable. Any any of the characters he did over that four or five year stretch just wouldn't be in existence now. No, man, you give the, the, there's no character actor who you can't do that stuff. You can't play an Indian. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's weird, but funny. I mean, it worked in the '80s. I mean, I was 15, so to me, it was all funny. I loved him in the uh, Flamingo Kid. Yes. He's, he's you know, he's, he was great. great. He, and, and he obviously was funny enough. And he married Michelle Pfeiffer. got Michelle Pfeiffer. In all fairness, Michelle Pfeiffer at that age, you know, what was she? Oh, no, she was, she was, you know, oh, she, she was she coming off of Grease 2. And Grease, <laughs> Grease 2. Another movie we're going to be Maybe, covering in the right, garage. Of course. Yeah, we'll kick that around some point. Uh, but uh, was it Dan, Danielle Von Cernick? Uh, right. who I didn't know for the longest time until I was watching the movie just last week. And I've seen this movie several times. Uh, it's a favorite of mine when I was growing up. But I didn't realize she was Donna in La Bamba. In La Bamba, she plays uh, Richie Valens' girlfriend. Yeah. And the, the poor, uh, with, Lou Diamond, with Lou Diamond Phillips. It's crazy to look at that movie now and go, you know what it is? What threw you off in my science project? It's those braces, man. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, how many years removed is this movie from La Bamba 2, right? Yeah, it's as far as one of them Right. And I mean, they two, probably made them right, within the same two year stretch. Right. La Bamba's 87, I think, right? right? And this is 85. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but honestly, I, hadn't, I didn't until just now. It was like, wow, that's Donna. That's Donna. Weird. Yeah. Because I was like, I know that she's probably really hot because I was looking at it and, and I was like, and then I, it was like, oh my God. And it like hit me. I was like, oh, it's Donna. Yeah. She was good, but she's really funny in this movie. She's fun. Um, she's light. It's, you know, what I think is cool about this movie is like the, even the supporting characters are stock characters. They're not annoying or like the guy that plays Sherman. Um, right. You know, he's been in tons of stuff, like tons lots of, stuff. of TV and stuff since then. Raphael Sabarge, I think. Is yeah, that how you say his name? I think he. I think he was. Was he? He was one of the buddies from 
Risky Business? I think it was Risky oh, Business. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, in yeah. Risky Business. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, 100%. He's like, yeah, him and uh, Charles DeMar. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say booger, but whatever. Um, yeah, him. And then, I mean, this also got a lot of character actors. Uh, Richard Mauser shows up. Uh, doing, right. a, doing a weird like I mean he's kind of there to be the butt of some Fisher Stevens jokes <laughs> right He and he's so he sticks out like a sore thumb in this right movie. he's in it, another movie he's yeah. doing something from another movie yeah, yeah. I is, don't yeah, I don't think he understands what, what his character is supposed to be because that's a weird thing about this movie we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit but when he shows up he's so aggressive like super aggressive what like do you <laughs> Like, you know, I know you're a small town lawman, but what's going on here? Right. Yeah. We'll we'll jump back to him, but I mean, he's great in it. I mean, Dennis Hopper is fantastic yes. in it. I mean, he's doing Dennis Hopper, but he's doing he's at the he's doing the best Dennis Hopper that you could actually hope for. Yeah, Dennis Hopper playing the science teacher, and as he Bob Roberts because he you don't call Mister Roberts, kids just call me Bob. Just call me Bob. Just call me Bob. <laughs> and I always thought that was the clever joke too, Bob Roberts. Bob Roberts. It really made me laugh when Bob Roberts came out. I yeah. Was like, uh, but, he's he's wonderful in the movie, and they makes a lots of throwbacks and plays on the persona of who he was with Easy Rider, and it's great. There's lots of really if you, there's lots of clever like quick jokes thrown into this movie, like things that you got to sort of. It's one of them. That's why I've seen it so many times. I think is uh, and every time I'm like, oh, that's why because there's there's a lot of really fun like inside jokes um, that you kind of don't pick up on when you're 15 because. But as you grow, you're like, oh, yeah, now I get that. Yeah, that's I why that's that funny. <laughs> um, Barry Corbin shows up. Oh, yes. Plays Stockwell's dad. Yep. Um, him and Ann Wedgworth, um, who I want to say, I used to get her confused with Park Overall. They were like one person to me right. for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, I think she. And neither um, one of them were Flo on Alice, which was weird. She used to show up on uh, Three's Company a lot. Yes, yes. Lana. I always hit a bunch of actors. She was Lana. But yeah, I mean, so there, the, the, there's, a, there's a decent cast of character actors and, you know, sort of familiar faces to 80s fans. Um, you know, Stockwell was uh, that guy. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yes. Dangerously Close was another sort of oh, John right. Stockwell high school. I mean, he, he had a long run in high school. <laughs> Yeah. From and, about 82 to <laughs> 87. And in this movie, they kind of make a play on his name. Speaking of what we were talking about earlier, about people referring to you by your last name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. he uh, That's Harlan. His character name in the movie is Michael Harlan. Right. And so everyone refers to him to Harlan, Harlan is, including Bob Roberts. Mr. Roberts, her science teacher, who doesn't want to be called Mr. Roberts, wants to be called Bob, Bob. refers to Michael Harlan by his last name. Harlan. Right. It's Harlan. Funny. And... There's a there's lots of moments in their movie where they're kind of going back and forth. Stop calling me by my last name. Right, it's, it's Ellie. Yeah, it's, not Sawyer. It's, it's, not, it's Ellie. Some wonderful callbacks to that later on too. Uh, yeah, it's cute. Like their relationship is cute. Like the whole way that like, she sort of cons him into like going on the date. I mean, I, you know. But this is not a date. This is not a movie about two kids falling in love. Or is it? <laughs> it's not. Um, but it becomes that. Maybe who knows? Maybe it becomes that. Uh, one of the things about the uh, the setup for this movie, you know, I mean, he he's kind of a dummy. Like, I mean, he's he's got his stuff together. I mean, I want to say he's almost playing the same guy he's playing in Christine. He feels like an amalgam of the two characters from Christine. And he's driving almost the same car. His yeah. goat. I get my goat. <laughs> my goat. He definitely has. He. I felt that way too. That he was a lot like this. The best friend that he played in Christine. But then I felt him. He had a lot of both characters from Christine. Yeah, you know where he's just 
he's an outsider, but not really an outsider. Right. You know, because in my science project, everybody knows who he is. Yeah, yeah. He's and, he's kind of a cool, he's Motorhead Mike. I like your best cars. Can't walk into town, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Everyone will see me walking. It's an interesting, it's like a lot of the 80s movies, especially in that midline portion of the 80s. Sometimes he's, you get these cookie cutter characters, which just has a lot to do with why he seems like he's playing the same kid. Yeah, for sure. Just a couple of years before that. It's interesting with him, he always has played that kind of character. He's always playing this guy that's kind of a little aloof about things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, but he's really good at it. I yes. mean, it, it seems very natural. I mean, I, and I knew guys just like him in high school. That's what's funny, and it's, uh, you know, now is it because they watched Christine, My Science Project, and Dangerously Close, or were they just that guy? Um, they were I'm just, just that guy. They were just that guy. I mean, I had Shop, like my first, you know, and I knew guys that were exactly Motorhead Mike and Shop. They, they took Shop for four years, and, you know, they were the guys by the, you know, they were fixing their own car. They knew more than the teacher, or they, so they thought by the time they were. Uh, but, you know, he's great. He's a great straight man for Stevens, who's like almost like Jerry Lewis-ish. If Ish. Jerry Lewis was a tough <laughs> right. little Italian guy from Brooklyn who's in the middle of Arizona for some reason. You get a little exposition of why he's there. So what's so funny about, about Fisher's character, Vinny, in the playing best friends to, to Harlan, Fisher is, in that stretch we were talking about, he plays so many different characters, but they're all so offensive now. <laughs> oh, yeah, man, totally. Like, this is like Joe stereotype Italian who's like... Every, everything he play, I mean, they're 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 hard stereotypes. There are the hard stereotypes, the the use of the other f word, oh. he, like three or four times. I mean, I'm not super prude about that. Does he say fungu at one point? He probably does. <laughs> so that's that's the third f word. <laughs> Something spilling over Whatever from Greece. Fungu is. I was fungu. like, what the hell did he just say? You know, the the whole weird. Yeah, I mean, but he's. Somehow he's charming enough to make these stereotypes totally work, and you kind of love him. Yeah, I, I got to think that most people coming up that are 21, 22, 23 years old right now will see this movie and think, my goodness. Oh, and but they're old enough to go, ah, that's the 80s. And you, right. And you just kind of like give it a pass because it's just a different time in certain words. Like that are using this movie a few times, right? Well, what's weird is this movie doesn't. I mean, watching it like sort of like you know, I see a lot of movies, new movies, old movies, but like sort of watching it like it doesn't. I mean, production value wise, I mean, in the way it looks and the way it sounds, there's a lot going on in this movie, and I would assume this movie didn't have a giant budget or a giant studio. All it was, Touchstone, I think, right? Or like Silver Screen Partners. It was second or second or third movie that Touchstone put out. They certainly put some money into it. I mean, as far as, but they did it the right way. I think they shot it in there in Glendale, Arizona, and they shot, you know, that some of the locations and stuff really add to the, um, the textured and the, it, it seems like a real place. It doesn't seem, you know, like they shot it all here on a soundstage and built two walled sets. And I mean, that's one of the things I think helps this movie. Like it really feels like a place you could be. And you still know? exists. And you could go there right now and it would look exactly like it does right. in this movie. I, I think that it's, uh, it was. They spent money on it. They put money into it. They had a good cast, a fairly decent script, and uh, like I said, you know, the effects I think are great. I mean, 
and they fit that time for sure. I mean, you most of those visual effects that you see in the movie, yes, they kind of date the movie, but so is Ghostbusters, which was out just a year before. Yep. And you can see the inspiration for their visual effects from. Oh yeah, from yeah, the movie. for sure. sure. Like the the whole thing. I mean, I guess uh, you know what this. Well, the story is right. So Slacker Mike, they have to turn in their science project or fail. So there's that. It's like you guys. Everything's lying on your final. What is your project? Oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. He's just working on his GTO. He's always working he's on working it. He's working on his goat. So, like, what the premise of the movie is, is that, you know, so he goes on a date with a smart girl. And where does he take her? Dawson Air Force Base. And, man, does it look fantastic or what? It's a graveyard now, as opposed to what it was at the beginning of the movie. Right. Beginning of the movie, we have, we're just seeing these lights rolling up a road. Military all around. Go up to this big hangar that says 1957. Super secretive. And there is President Eisenhower. Ike. I like Ike. Ike. The cat that plays him, Robert Beer, he has three total Movie credits. Fit? And he plays an Eisenhower in all three. No way. Really? He plays. That's funny. I didn't even he plays realize Dwight that. Just a year before for right stuff. Oh yeah, you're right. He right. Played, he played Eisenhower, and they, and then another movie he plays David Eisenhower. He's not Dwight, or D. or Blood he's a descendant of Eisenhower. It's Eisenhower's I, kid. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Great grandson, whatever it is. You it's see this, what happens when the time loop goes crazy in this movie, right? It's that movie was made after this movie. After well, never mind. We're jumping ahead. Yes. So they come in this hangar. Ike turns around and sees this giant spaceship crash at some point. We never see this crash. Which is cool. I don't. I don't need to see the crash. I know we get it. It's Area Fifty Two. It's supposed to be Roswell. And so we walk into the hangar, and there's this ship that's been destroyed. And they talk about it and run some tests. And what is Ike's opinion about the whole thing? Bury it. Bury it. Never happened. Destroy it. Because that's what we do. Because we're American. Things never happened. So you see this giant laser again. Lasers in 1957. They start zapping it. They pull to a shot of the hangar. And they fade to black. We never see what happens to that spaceship until... 1985. 1985. It's date night. <laughs> it's date night. Sawyer and Sawyer. Motorhead Mike Harlan. Taking the, the very smart science girl who tricks him into taking her on a date. Yeah, which is pretty funny the way it happens. It's, it's pretty great. Here it is, their first date, and they are at Dawson's Air Force Base, which is now... A junkyard. Yeah, an airplane graveyard, if you will. And yes. It's, and it's a great it's a great location. It really just it's, it's beautiful. Clearly shot at a totally different place from what you saw at the beginning of the movie. Right. It's not but, the but, same place, but it is the same place. But it's the, the same movie. place. So they're snooping around. Just not, looking for something. Nothing yeah, because that's, that's what, what you, you do, do. Right. When you're motorhead Mike. When you're you're motorhead Mike <laughs> and you're in a small town. And, and you gotta get your final or you're failing. Right. <laughs> Working on it. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, them, and then so it's like them crawling. Him crawling. He crawls in a trap door that he just, yeah, well, which is kind of he, odd he, that there's he, just a door in the middle of the dirt in like a row of B-17s, but whatever. This trap door just opens up on him and he falls into this this basement and there's no lights anywhere. And so he has a flashlight and he's walking around looking for stuff and he's seen posters, you know, talking about radiation and all this. And you see Ike's poster and it's clearly identifying, Oh, this is all the garbage that they right. This is the stuff that's been buried. They didn't, it's, this is how they bury it under a trap door with some dirt thrown over Put it. Put some planes on top of it. Because no it was, here. yeah. You can kind of figure out why the trap door was there unmarked. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, maybe, uh, yeah, I, I, if I had to phantom a guess, I'd say it was, oh, hey, so they can work on the planes. They just pull the planes over. Just pull <laughs> they over, over. Like, the, like they did an oil change? <laughs> it's the Jiffy Lube of the Air Force Jiffy Lube. <laughs> he falls in this thing, he's walking around, sees all this, this stuff that clearly says that this is from 30 years earlier, and he sees this glowy thing. It yeah. draws his attention in And the it darkness, sucks the power out of his flashlight. Which is... What in the hell's what going is on? What's going on? He walks up, pulls out this thing off off the shelf. Pink neon. Because, again, everyone's big on their, 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 it's pink, the 80s. their pink magenta neon. And all neon should be pink in the 80s. The only thing was missing the Freddy Waff touch of it. We needed some water. They needed a wet down. They just probably... <laughs> that was the one thing they were like, no, nah, dude, we can't afford the wet down. We can't We, can't we got the that. location... It's supposed to be dry down there. It's, it's the desert. Be... So he pulls out this thing, and it looks like, was it a weapon? Does it look like a weapon? It doesn't really look like a gun. It looks like some engine of some kind. It, you know what it kind of oddly looks like? Is it looks like an ant. <laughs> it does look like an ant. I mean, the shape of the body in the, in the, in the head of the gizmo. I was like, I was like, you know, I was, this is something I thought about last night when I was kind of reviewing so we could talk about it today. I was like, now did they sort of, is it tied in with the whole science and like, or am I reaching now? And does it, or is it just hap, happen to look like an orthopod? Is that what it would be? This, this unit, it's got a, it's got a central piece of, I don't know what you want to call it. Something that says science. Yeah, totally. You look at it and you're like, oh, that's from space. Yes. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually for a physical price. It's pretty well made. I mean, it, I mean, it looks cool. It does look cool. And, you know, some of the practical gadgets around, like the slides, like when things start to move and like, you know, he's like, what the hell? And, you know, suddenly he just has to have it. <laughs> right. Uh, the, this uh, is an A. Based on what we saw at the beginning of the movie, that this is obviously something from the spaceship that right. he destroyed. But the central visual element to this device, you don't see it on the spaceship. Right. We never see that it, piece and, and it with the aliens. It seems like a missed opportunity to, oh, to, yeah. to, to just to see, so you go right away. I mean, I know you're supposed to just assume. Right. It's one of those things that it's, probably they, they maybe they didn't have enough time to shoot that or it wasn't something they thought was that important. And, you know, they didn't. Maybe that was back before they had test audiences. Because you know, you had a giant spaceship in there, and, and, there's, just, and there's just this, all this that's the, left. This, that left is this little thing <laughs> is the gizmo that doesn't look like anything else that was on the ship. That and I we love saw. that they call it the gizmo. The gizmo. It's just the gizmo. Once he said it once, I'm like, ah, oh, kind of. You know, what else are you gonna call it? And then they continue to call it that. The gizmo. The, the gizmo has gone crazy. Oh, didn't you see Gremlins? It's the gizmo. It's the gizmo. And, and then, gizmo was a hot topic at that point. <laughs> It was a soothing word. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I didn't write. I wasn't there. Gizmo. gizmo. Well, what was he going to call it? It's not a but, gun. But it is a gizmo. It's not. Yeah. It's a. It's not a gun. It's, it's not a, a. There's no moving. Well, there's moving parts, but there's no mechanical parts to it. Right. So it can't be an engine. Or can it? And it can it. it uh, well, obviously, we find out later kind of what it does. <laughs> right. I love that they don't spend a whole bunch of time. <laughs> no. And, you know, it. It's when you have a movie called My Science Project and, and you're dealing with science, science-y, I don't want to say science fiction. I think it's a fair tag if you're going to tag it anything. 
This oh, is yeah. science fiction. Unusual items in a real world, so right. science fiction. It's got a little bit of everything in it. Like right. it's 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 sci-fi the way that Back to the Future sci-fi or that, yeah, exactly. or you know is weird science sci-fi? Sure, it is. It's a goofy teen comedy, but it's it's sci. They're you know it's they're building Frankenstein. They're building the Bride of Frankenstein, and they're you know wearing panties and bras on their heads, and um, you know hooking up electrodes to Barbies. So yeah, they could all. <laughs> it's all sci-fi. It's all the sci-fi. 80s sci-fi was so much different and better <laughs> than it's become. You could walk into a middle of an 80s sci-fi movie, oh. mid and just go, oh, that's an 80s movie. Yeah, for sure. And you, and even with the technology that we have now and the capability of making things look like from the 80s, you can tell. Oh, yeah. It's just there's something about it, you just can't recreate that stuff. And I, I, think, I think that's where the nostalgia is so high for that that kind of movie. And that's why like Turbo Kid was so mm-hmm. stood out so much for people. Right. It was, it, but the, but they got a tone. It wasn't about the look and the visual effects so much as it was the tone and the fun that we had with those movies. Exactly, like, man. Just like this movie. This movie is like on paper, you're like, what? But like it somehow it all works, and um, you know, so they get the gizmo, and now they've got to take it. And where do they take the gizmo? To Bob. Bob. <laughs> Bob is there to because who else? Oh, wait, we go forgot. To? We it breaks down his car. And oh that's yes, what, <laughs> that, just that's just when like with, shit hits the fan. Just like with his flashlight and getting his batteries soaked out of it, the gizmo does the same thing to his car battery, and they pull over because they don't have a choice because the car stops in the middle of the desert, right? Just Pop, outside of town, but not so close to town they could actually see anything. It's super dark. Yes. So pops the hood, and this whole electrical system underneath this hood just starts sparking and blowing up. Pink and, neon and then, lights. And in between, you can and through the hood in the back seat, you can see Gizmo. Glowing. Glowing. Doing its Gizmo-y stuff. Our suspension of disbelief is supposed to be already accepting of the spaceship hey, and all that crap. But how much electrical really is there in a car like that old GTO? What a six, was that a six, 67 goat? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say there's not a whole lot not of whole lot. Uh, electrical. But hey, man, whatever. It, I'm, I'm in. I'm already <laughs> in. They've, they've got the gizmo in the backseat, and they're the mismatched couple. The they're mismatch. starting to jive. I thought for sure that they were going to have that moment right there. Oh, yeah. I, I it, it was maybe, all set up. And you're waiting, and then suddenly he pulls out the CB radio, and he calls Fisher Stevens. And Fisher is on some date with one of the high school hussies. Yeah. Who like, was, boy, she was suited up in a way, like, man, is she, like, is she, did she miss some graduation opportunities? Is she, like, 20? Uh, to me, I, yeah, it was very weird. I kind of was like, oh, is that the Annie Potts character from Pretty in Pink right? suddenly shown up? <laughs> and she's dating that guy, and she wouldn't date Ducky? What the fuck's going on here? She seems like she had gone to Madonna School of Makeup and, and Wardrobe because she stood out. And I guess it's a small town. Nobody else in the high school and the scenes that we saw earlier <laughs> dressed like this person. I'm like... Oh, yeah, totally. Like, like she worked at the... She's the chick who worked at the record store in, yeah. in some, you know, up on Congress Street. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's a few... She seems a few years older, but so, she knew who Motorhead Mike was. But yeah, it's a weird segue. <laughs> so Vinny, Vinny takes his, his date in the car and next thing we know... We see Vinny's car pushing the goat. Yeah. 
Just pushing it. At like 30 miles an hour. 30 miles an hour. <laughs> on a flat road back into town. And he's God. got some beat up Cutlass or, or something. Yeah, some, some beater. Some beater car that I'm like, oh man, is that thing really capable of pushing a heavy car like that goat? Uh, yeah, again, I, I, I'm again, already into the, I've already bought it, the gizmo. I, I can, I, I can buy I, that. See, this is the problem when you get older and you like, yeah, man, your, suspen- make your suspension of, of disbelief is, boom, it's, it's sky high. I it's find sky you- high. And I'm accepting it, the gizmo in the back seat and all this other stuff. Man, that car is too heavy for that thing to right, push. Right, that thing couldn't push that car. I, I find I have to like sort of like not ask stupid questions like that. I feel like I, I get that a lot. Of t- like people are like, but look, dude. And I'm like, look, man, it's a movie about a gizmo that the guy's going to pawn off as his science project. So probably doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Come on. It's 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 a silly movie. And I find myself when I watch movies like this, even current ones that are in the same vibe, I'm more accepting of them if I'm watching it solo than I am watching it with Me too. a wife or a buddy. Yeah, it, totally. It makes a huge difference because kind of like you, you you feel less guarded. I also feel like I don't have to explain things or I don't have to defend things. Like if I'm watching it by myself, I'm just going to watch it. Like sometimes I can, you can just feel the person next to you be like, there's like a radio. You don't even have to look at him and you just go, yeah, I know the car is too heavy. Stop. And you can feel the, or, or you can see in the peripheral they're leaning like, duh, just don't. I Don't know. Don't you open that iPad. I'll throw it across the room. Look, I know you paid $16 to sit in this chair. I'll give you $16 back right now. Just stop talking. I'll give you $16 if you go sit in the lobby. <laughs> Just move the car. <laughs> I don't care. These are, these are assigned seats. But I want you to slide down that way. Wouldn't this be a fantastic movie to see, like, on a big screen? I would love to see this. I would love. I mean, I don't even, I don't even care if somebody just, it, it doesn't have to be 35 print. Just, I mean, come on. Someone's got to reach out to Quentin Tarantino and say, dude. Yeah, get this in real genius and throw it up at New Beverly. Yeah, man, let's put these two movies together, or you throw it with Weird Science. Something. I mean, they, they're so similar. They, I mean, I think they even opened like within a week of each other. Like, right? If they can, if they can put Grease and Saturday Night Fever together, yeah, as a double bill. Come on, come give on. us these two movies. Do it. Just do it, fool. <laughs> um, so yes, so they get back to town, and then the movie gets really weird because now the, the the two motorheads are stumped because they don't, but they still haven't put it together that perhaps it's the gizmo but that keeps humming in the back seat because they're not really smart guys. That's <laughs> it's established very early on they're that both Harlan and Vinny are not what you would call smart or even logical. No, they're just dudes who are going to get out of high school. Dudes that are going to get out of high school, and that's all they care about. I'm going to do this and get the fuck out of here. And work on cars. That's what I'm going to do. By the way, I know we've used uh, some profanity, and there is no profanity in this movie. None. Until the very oh, end. Oh, yeah, there is a little bit, right? Yeah. yeah. You were allowed one big F-bomb, and they used it in a very And they <laughs> do. They way. use it, and it, it's, it literally is one F-bomb. I'm, this, that's the other thing, too. It's funny, like, watching this movie... It, I'm highly entertained. I, I don't buy, I, I mean, it seems fine. Like the, like a lot of times, like I've, I'm always like, oh, kids would never say that. All seems like stuff kids would say. And there is no profanity. Right. No profanity. They, they're not swearing every other word or, um, you know, but they, maybe they say fungu. <laughs> fungu. Yeah. You know, there, I mean, there is a couple moments, like we said, other than, you know, the swearing that makes a, a rating change so quickly. You know, like I said, you got a couple of those derogatory, F-bombs. Right, but I feel like the actors but, are probably partially responsible for that. Oh, sure. And and they just didn't go there because it's easy. Like, it's easy to say, oh, fuck, or, you know, whatever you're saying. But I feel like 
people were swearing in eight, but like I feel like a lot of those teen movies in the eighties, they didn't swear. There's not a lot of you know. No, it, it was still, um, you know, not that they were shooting for a PG, but you just didn't have to because it it kind of was like those were that was that was saved for you know Scorsese movies, right? In <laughs> in genre types, once they had established like the MPAA had established, this is what takes you from a PG to an R or PG-13. PG-13. Which had just sort of, I think this movie's PG-13 for some know, weird reason. PG. Oh, it is PG. It is PG. Well, as, as it should be. And I checked it because I was going to watch it with the kid who's 12. But, you know, again, 1985 PG movie is quite different than even a PG-13 movie now. Oh, yeah. So you have to kind of grain of salt with some of that stuff. And uh, I watched, when I said when I watched it, I'm like, oh, yeah, he got to totally watch this. I mean, really, there's no nudity in this movie. There's no swearing in this even, movie. Even when Vinny is making out with... With Madonna. With Madonna. <laughs> Whatever her name is. There's, you know... Irene, there's almost There's almost nothing on screen or even off screen for that matter. It's it's very surprising for a, for well, a we, movie that came out in 85. It's pretty mild. We know what they're doing. Right in the backseat, and, and, and it, it, I'm I'm okay with not seeing Fisher Stevens with his shirt off. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't need to see him take. I, maybe that happens in uh, Flamingo Kid when they're at the beach. I think probably hackers and they're in their cabin. Oh, uh, but uh, it, yeah. I mean, to me, the movie it's a lot of fun, and it it really sort of doesn't fall into all those sort of traps of like. There's not a lot of angst, even though, like, you know, it's, hey, dude, you got to pull this off or you fail and you're not getting out of high school. But they don't turn that into that. That's not what the movie becomes about. The movie becomes, it just stays fun and they keep moving forward with the gizmo. Right. So when they get, so they get it back to, they bring it back to the high school and they're bringing the shop. They have an auto shop with them. Right. And they're kind of playing with stuff and messing around and they see that there's a whole bunch of car batteries all hooked up to it. And it's just, all it's doing is just sucking the batteries juice, just like it did with his car and just like it flashlight. did with the flashlight. So they go, oh, holy crap. You know what? We got to get to class and they let's run. Let's go to the library. Let's go to the library. They leave the classroom and they lost time. Right. They it's step been, out. It's been two hours. Yes. What just happened? What just happened? And they get to the library and Sherman. Right. The, let's the, not the nerdy forget kid. Sherman. We can't forget Sherman. Are we bringing Sherman back into the whole Whole fray who we've already met, but we skipped over that. Yeah, he sits next to uh, Sawyer, our our female hero in this. Sawyer in a, in Bob's science class. They're all in Bob's class. That's what they should have called it, Bob's science class. Well, yeah, it has a <laughs> ring to it for sure. So he gets they go to the library and they're trying to find some kind of books, some maybe reference manual to, to time displacement. Time or, displacement because you know a high school library is I, where you would find this information always. again. Two dudes, not very bright. Not very bright. Well, the other thing is, too, is like they don't even know what to call it. Like time displacement, I don't think they even use that term. I mean, the word gizmo has already been used at this point. Yes. Yes. They call it because he says, he says, because when, uh, after he pushes him in, he's like, well, and then we were driving and then, you know, the car shorted out and then I, the gizmo was glowing in the back seat. So yeah, I think Stockwell called it gizmo first because he's a motorhead. I'm sure that you refer to a lot of things as gizmos, carburetors. You know, yeah, that's another thing too. Manifolds. For, again, I'm super Gizmo. picky here, but a dude that's so good with cars and and obviously very particular about that's this, that's this, that's this. Mechanics, distributor are, caps, and such. Yes, to net recognize right away. Oh, come on, 
But see, that made me like her because she was like, she's not a helpless dumb chick, and she right. knew exactly what she was doing. She knew. Yeah, she knew how to, to how to trick him into. And he knew. That date. And I think that's what that's what started starts it. It's that, charming. That's what starts the relationship. Because he's like, hmm. and then by the way, how rare is that? Even for an '80s movie, especially for an '80s movie, for the female to kickstart. It's because you yeah. think about all those. Oh yeah, every man. every romantic teen ro- romantic comedy that came out ever. It's always the dude crushing on the girl. Yeah, totally. It's so rare for it to be the other way around, or even if it the the hero of the movie the the the, the lead is female, she's crushing on the dude. The dude comes to her. Yes, sixteen candles she, like that. Yep. And this isn't all about Hughes. We'll do a Hughes episode. But it but the, every movie was like that. So to see not just a female character in you know initiating. And, right and actually starting the the, the whole she's story. pursuing she's in pursuit she's pursuing the whole time and, and she knows because she's smart she's super smart she knows how to get the dumb car guy yeah and he kind of doesn't mind being pursued right he, he just get he just got dumped too right and we also we're going back to this because we have to we're bringing Sherman back into it and Sherman obviously the smart nerdy guy who's kind of a little bit of a dick and vindictive but in a, the best way possible. He's also crushing on Sawyer when the two idiots show up looking for time travel books. Right. Is kind of now he's in control. He's got, you know, he's like, oh, so now you, you know, and so he's sort of, and he starts tweaking him a bit, which is pretty funny. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and we all are smart enough to know it, that that's exactly what's happening. That he is just kind of yanking their chains. Because he can. Because he can. It's, it's, it's kind of a nice thing, like, Okay, yeah, so these guys kind of wouldn't, you know, th- he's the kind of guy you'd throw into a trash can <laughs> if you're Mike or... Yeah, Sherman, Sherman's definitely somebody that would find himself wallowing in, in a uh, dumpster. milk cartons and such <laughs> at, in high school. Yeah, totally. Uh, but he's getting his moment here to tweak these guys, and, you know, they're so, they don't really even realize that he is tweaking them because, again, they're not the two smartest dudes in the world. But they get their information from Sherman. They tell him the story in the most weirdest the, the, that the whole explanation of how they lost time, and he's he's great because the look on his face is just like you guys are morons, <laughs> like like he and, and we already know that we've already established that 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 Sherman is the male counterpart to to Ellie as far as the smart kid in the school right, and so he's like he's already got a thing for them even though in this movie both Vinny and Harlan. Even though they're not bad people, they're not they're, they're not, not jocks. They're in most scenarios, they are the jocks in this situation, it, it, right? If you're to, to, it, the, to the to the nerdy kids, right? If you're a nerdy kid, the, jock is, is a, a term. Whether you're a motorhead or you're like, if you're not a smart and you're not accepting like that, you're you're either a nerd or you're not a nerd, right? right? You're a nerd or a jock, no matter what you're. You know, you wear jeans and white t-shirts and weird caps, and you got grease stains on your uh you know your white t-shirt your your jock um but the thing about the way that they sort of uh the two of them ellie and uh sherman you know they're kind of made for each other but they're kind of not because she's a nerd but she's you know she's one removal of her glasses and a couple hair flips away from (laughs) being from being very attractive from being donna from being donna in uh, la bamba and he's he's sherman Sherman. And he, after he figures out what's going on with these dudes, they've obviously found something 
but he's not buying into whatever it is they're selling. He thinks they're hiding something. He, he thinks they're hiding something, and that's enough for him. And so he wants revenge. He wants revenge Mike because stole his woman. Mike stole his woman. When, of course, but he doesn't know that really. Well, no, he knows that they run a date. Right, but she's spying. <laughs> but she does. He, from what he thinks, he thinks that he's the one that asked her out, as opposed to right. The other way he doesn't around. understand. He yes. doesn't understand that she has zero interest in him in that way. Right. So what does he do? He sets out to to get a little revenge on him. So that With the other jocks, the actual jocks, the, the actual jocks, they're actual jocks who apparently drink beer in their jeep on school campus. So in between all that, right after they leave the library, they find Bob. And they go, Bob, come to Auto Shop with us. We have something to show you. Why'd you guys miss my final? Oh, well, we were in a two-hour time loop. And he's not buying it. He's getting into his his VW Vanagon because, again, more throwbacks to Dennis Hopper right. and his persona. And there's some weird, uh, you know, there's some sort of weird 60s rally going on this weekend. <laughs> he says, I'll be back. I'll be back tonight. Tonight, I'll be here 9 o'clock grading papers. All right, well, we'll come back tonight. So they come back tonight, and while they're in, while they bring in the gizmo, and now when I say we, right, there's a three of them. It's three of them. It's Ellie, it's Harlan, and it's Vinny bringing us into the science class. And uh, while all the while that's happening, Sherman is carrying out his plan is being carried out by the jocks outside, and they're you know shaving, a bun- creaming bunch the of goat. shit to the, the, to the goat, and it's completely silly. Because how do you get back at a car guy? You fucking his car. And the funny thing about it is it's. <laughs> It stood out so much they put that in there because it has nothing to do, no bearing on the story. No, not even. He, he doesn't even acknowledge it when they run out and he's like, oh. He chases them off. There's not a moment where he like has a meltdown about his car, which is good. I didn't need it, but yes. So the gizmo is sitting on the table and they bring over this big giant array of car batteries. Maybe marine batteries. Oh, uh, yeah. They look a, like like marine like boat batteries yes, of, of some kind. They're so big. It's a big tray, and they're all like kind of like monkey rigged together to run off as one unit. Totally. Again, a cool piece of actual something they built that looks cool. And, and, it, and it looks, you can buy into it. It's easy to buy into because it, it looks like a bunch of car batteries. Well, they're in a, they're in a great uh, high school auto shop or, you know, whatever. It looks like an auto shop. I totally buy it. Right. So they so they hook it up and all of a sudden the thing starts coming to life. We start getting the we're pink start, we're neon start, we're and seeing the something, swirly something we've already seen before, but now it's a little different. Now because it got more juice pump into it and it's acting up. But what ends up happening? What does Gizmo do to these batteries? It's, drain, it's draining these batteries, but what is it doing with the energy it's supplying from these batteries? Well, as it would turn out, it's actually opening up holes in the time space continuum. See, <laughs> every studio in town had a movie that was dealing with the science fiction. Right. Everybody's making Back to the. They find out Back to the Future is getting made, and yes. everybody's like, "Oh God, what are we gonna do?" Well, let's make. A, let's. We gotta get on that bandwagon, and, right? And just by the title of it, Back to the Future. Oh, so it deals with time. Time. But they don't know what it is. So here, here's their version of Back to the Future because it's a movie about high this school kids and high school kids, and it deals with time. They don't. This, this is what we get. So there's a rip in the space time continuum, and that is what the device does and, and what it's capable of doing and it's weird like the first thing that shows up is like an egyptian pot <laughs> it just materializes on the table in front of them and they're like what right we can see but we can't touch it but what is that it's a pot it's a pot <laughs> pottery class guys uh, I thought myself, why would, there's nothing we, we eventually find out that you know that it is a, that the device is something that can cut through time 
Right. But we, at that point, because the thing with the pot was when they first had their two hour right. pull away. And you're, there's, n- I don't know why they chose that pot because there's nothing about it that makes me think, oh, that's from the blah, 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 blah era. Right. I mean, there's nothing about it that makes me go, it looks like a pot. Right, <laughs> it does, um, and they was well, and they certainly aren't smart enough to recognize that it's maybe it's an Egyptian pot, and perhaps it was pulled from the banks of the Nile, like as they were washing Cleopatra in the there, river, whatever. There's definitely something they could have done differently to kind of help sell that. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's almost a throwaway. I mean, I I want to say maybe I didn't even notice the pot until I watched it this time. I'm like, oh, because I don't I don't think I ever remembered it before <laughs> being like so like what the fuck is that pot doing? That's such a bad thing to do. But yeah, so we discover that this silly thing has a capability of cutting through time, but there's no control over it. There's no you know it's completely just uh, it, it's, it's random. It's random. It's it's gaining juice. And it's getting out of control because there is no control for it. They have, they're, they're, this isn't the greatest American hero where you get a suit, but you lost the manual. You don't know how to use the suit. Right. There just, there is no manual. There is no manual. And uh, they, they just don't spend, they don't spend all that time. There's, thank God, because the movie would be four hours long, explaining how things work and why. It it doesn't matter in this movie. Thank God. It's just a gizmo. It's just a gizmo. If we're just, just going to call it a gizmo, we're not going to get too fancy with explanation. Right. We're not going to explain why, like, you know, what this thing does. And hey, put your thumb here and it look, please stick your eye up to it. It'll scan your right. None of that. We don't need it. It doesn't matter. Uh, we know now the thing sucks energy and it's opening up holes in this time space continuum. And what is about to happen? Bob's oh. going to disappear into the space time continuum. When they initially melt the batteries, they come up with an alternative power source. Right. Somebody plug. Somebody gets the bright idea to plug it into the wall of so the let's, school. Let's just go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and plug this into the wall. Because it and might be, it might, I don't think it'd be dangerous. No, it won't be dangerous at all. It's only shut down my flashlight, my car. We These got, batteries. We got locked into a two hour time loop. All the fluorescence above us just exploded, but it probably is not a bad idea. And we watched, I don't know, a speedboat worth of marine batteries get melted. Right. But yeah, let's plug this in. Bob, you do it. Bob, go ahead, Bob. I'll do it. Because you know. Bob... Bob's, Bob's an old a, hippie. Bob's an old hippie. He's adventurous. <laughs> and then it... Man. It just starts sucking in the juice. The gizmo gets brighter. Because you know, that's letting you know that's getting Starting more power. Starting to pulse. And Bob starts glowing. And, and doing some real crazy stuff, man. And he's like, oh my God. Man. I'm, I'm feeling this. Oh my God. You guys, Man. Man. He turns into the glowing orb, and then he just disappears Whoa. up into this light that's shooting into the sky that we really haven't seen shoot to the sky yet, but just kind of like it's going out of frame. And off goes Bob out of frame. <laughs> Bob's an orb. And where'd Bob go? And when the reaction of the three of them is priceless. Where's Bob? No. Where's Bob? No, it might as well. Be that. I mean, there's like a there's like a weird. They do like a weird double take on what Stevens. About, what about Bob? <laughs> what? And then somebody wrote that because I think that's actually the line. What about Bob? What? Um, but Stevens has a funny double take. And then the other two, I think, I honest to God, I think they just do the Corey Haim thing where they stand there and they gape or they stand and stare where Bob used to be and they, with their mouth open like Corey Haim and Silver Bullet. But, uh, you know, so there's that whole moment. And now what is going on is there, the, the power is surging. Things are going crazy. You know, the power is now running through the fluorescence over their heads. Boom, boom, boom in a chase sequence. And what do what is going to happen? What, man? Something prompts them 
to get in the car and start chasing the electrical current that's left the high school. It's right. Well, it goes out the, it goes through the window or something like out and they, they run outside and they see it in the quad and it's like running the power lines. And it's running the power lines. So they hop into the goat. Toward the power plant at the edge of town. And they have all this dynamite. Oh, well, you're right. They have time. <laughs> they have time to go to their dad, his dad's hardware store and break into that lockbox full of dynamite, which I and thought we're was... Talk- and I'm no joke here. Sticks of dynamite. <laughs> like Looney Tunes, like Wile E. Coyote dynamite. And they just monkey rig something together and then hop into the goat and they're chasing the power line middle of the night. Literally. Super dark, the same, the same road that his goat broke down on. And they're just chasing the light that we can see moving down. And the power actually, line. it's a pretty cool sequence. It's a, it's a, probably the best part of the movie. Is it definitely just got to edge, edge your seat a little bit because it's a race. They're trying to race this power surge and beat it before it hits the power plant. And all hell breaks loose. They strap it up with some with dynamite on some onto the uh, power tower, I guess. Right, the, 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 the tower, the first tower into the power plant. They strap the dynamite. They set it. It explodes. Boom. All's good. They've defeated it's the power. Stops the, <laughs> stops the gizmo from reaching the power plant and ultimately, it, in their minds, destroying. And maybe destroying the rest of the state and the rest of the United States and the rest of the world. We don't know. But don't. They've, just, they've just saved the world. Or have they? On the way back to town, they hear on the radio that there's some kind of dynamite explosion, something that straps oh, some right. dynamite to the tower, to this power tower and knocked it down. And, you know, police are investigating, blah, blah, blah. And so... Again, not two smart guys because <laughs> dynamite's not a controlled... You know, why right. would, that's weird. Like the yeah. cops would show up and think, what you know, they you would start need, looking for terrorists. You don't need a license to no. actually sell or house... Right, because that would that would actually be logical. So they what they drop off Fisher, right? They drop off Vinny at his house. I'm out. <laughs> uh, he takes Sawyer home, right? He drops her off. You think it's gonna happen? He sneaks back in his, and they don't kiss. They don't kiss. They're fine. They don't. They don't do they ever kiss in the movie? Mm, I don't know. We'll have to get there. <laughs> so Harlan sneaks back into his room through his window. Because he wasn't supposed to go out. Right. His dog's been his, standing, his, you know, watching he, Rin Tin Tin for he, hours. He had to sneak out because, you know, his dad is now newly married in a matter of to just Mary hours. Kay cosmetic weirdo from Three's Here. Company. Sneaks in his window. There's dogs barking at him. And you see his hand come into frame. And and lo and behold, it's Richard Mauser. It's finally. Richard Mauser. The aggressive town sheriff. Overly aggressive. <laughs> like weird. I don't know what's going on with that guy. He just... He's like in another movie. He's in another movie for sure. And he's super rough with the kid. And you just assume. And well, doing a really bad, a really bad, like McLeod imitation yeah. or something like Dirty <laughs> Harry. Like, I don't even know what he's doing. And I love him, but I'm not sure what he's doing in that movie. So Favorite. we right away, because we heard the radio announcement about the dynamite and the police investigation. You think he's sitting there waiting for him to come walk in the door to talk to him about dynamite. And who is he asking him about? He He's asking about Bob. He's asking about Bob. What Where's, happens to school? Where's what about Bob? Bob? We can't what find about Bob? Bob. What about Bob? And he, he seems to be a little relieved. Oh my gosh, they're not asking about the dynamite or the bullshit we just did. Right. No. Well, give me a second here. I got to do something. Because they're going to take the kid down for questioning. Right. Because he knows. I mean, he's the father. Someone, hey, someone broke into my hardware store. 
Oh, sorry, Dad. Sorry, I don't, know, don't know who that could have been. Sorry, Dad. I I just took uh, twenty five sticks of dynamite from your from your lock box. Your lock box. You're probably gonna go to you're gonna go to the prison, federal prison. <laughs> you sorry. and your new bride. Uh, so right. So they're gonna take him down. They're gonna take Michael down to the. Uh, they're gonna take him down to the station. Ask him some questions. Sweat him. They're gonna sweat him. So the sheriff steps out of the room. What does he do? He immediately grabs his phone to call Sawyer. Right. And, of course, I'm laughing at this thing. Oh, and he's it's got a rotary a, he's phone, He's got a rotary too. phone. So he's, like, one-handing calling her. Get the whole alert, because Bob's missing, and now they're, now they're in trouble for Bob being missing. Right. There's a missing guy. There's some missing dynamite. Somebody blew up a tower at the end of town. We in the next shot, we're sitting in the police station, and now Vinny's there. Oh, yeah. And now, wow. With another aggressive lady cop. With an, yeah, small town, man. By aggressive the way, that, police. That, that police station? <laughs> Was very very large for oh man for a small town. It, it looked like the DMV. Like it looked, it looked like a DMV. Like, totally right. Did. Like they just yeah. went to like someone said, hey, you guys could choose the DMV at night. Hey, it looks like a government office. That's good enough, right? <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, just put yeah, we'll just put the chart, the height chart over there. There's a couple good jokes in that weird thing, and then it's maybe the worst escape ever. Like <laughs> yeah, it, it's a very unusual. It, the, but why does it? Oh, 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 sorry, we jumped ahead. So he calls Ellie. Ellie and, and Ellie and, and goes to get the gizmo. Because this was supposed to be, again, not bright guys, but the gizmo was supposed to get them out of trouble. Right. They're gonna they're just gonna show the stolen gizmo that, that they, they took from that the they, Air Force that they took base. from from a government facility. Like that was gonna. You just went from hey, your teacher's missing to oh, we stole this thing from, from the government. The, yeah, right. We just broke into the Air Force base. <laughs> um, yeah. So now the missing guy that I'm already in trouble for. And the thing that you're investigating with all the dynamite, it's all tied to me taking the gizmo. So guess what? Now you're now you are going down for some serious time. And what happens when what happens when Sawyer gets to the school to get the Sherman, 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 that son of a bitch, <laughs> that evil bastard. That, you, you think he was just bad enough? Well, put some shaving cream on the on the goat. Oh yeah, that's I, well, that's what happens. The, you, tip of the iceberg. Sherman Sherman is is not just vindictive enough to get back at the gearheads and the machine heads in this situation. What does he what does he do? He's not he's not even having it with Ellen anymore. I'm like, fine, if you're gonna take that, if you're gonna prefer your company of that dude, I'm not digging you anymore either. He's dumb, and if you like him, you're dumb. Yeah, you're dumb too. I don't care what your grades are. And I'm waiting for the way. You know what's weird is I just thought about it. This is this is totally like his name is Sherman, and it's about time travel, and he kind of looks like Sherman. <laughs> Wow. In a, in a, right. It's almost like a... It's just so weird, man. It's like... Uh, it, so, were there so, any Peabody's in that movie? I don't know, man. I'm going to have... Maybe I might have to go back and watch it again. There is a dog. There is a dog. Harlan's dog kind of looks like Mr. Peabody without the glasses. But see, uh, Mr. Peabody, though, Mr. Peabody was the smart one. Right. Well, it's, hey, the dog's smart because the dog just stays home and watches TV. Oh, but you know what, though? At the same time, the dumb guys kind of represent Sherman in a lot of ways. Not, oh, yeah. Not the Sherman of our movie, but, just, but the Sherman and Mr. Peabody. I'm with you. It's kind of like, I know just enough to get us in trouble, which is how the whole movie that's is every, set in motion. That's the, it's the premise of every Sherman and Peabody cartoon. There is no cartoon unless Sherman doesn't Sherman? listen to Mr. Peabody. Oh, damn Sherman. But this Sherman so is Sherman, a malicious this, prick. This this Sherman is an asshole. A smart asshole. He's and too smart for his own good. Too smart for his own good. Just like every 80s. 80s genius, yeah. like uh, you know, nerd. They're, all, they're, they're either lovable or they're... Or they're not lovable. It's so weird. They're just, no, come on, they're just dicks. They're just dicks. They're and just they'd dicks. be a dick whether they were a jock or whether, you know, it's the thing. Do we become what we hate? Sure. You're Now you're a snob. You're like, you're like jock. You're a nerdy jock. 
It's the worst kind of nerd. It's yeah. one that's so full of himself. That he that he even hates other nerds. That's bad. Right. That's Sherman. Fuck, Sherman is like a lone gunman. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if they could have worked it into this where he shot someone from the tower, that would have been fantastic. That would have been great. But they kind of almost get there. Yeah. Once they, once <laughs> we'll, we'll jump ahead. Ellie gets to the school to get the gizmo. And what's Sherman doing? Sherman hanging out and creeping on her. <laughs> yeah. And now he's stalking. He's, he's elevating his game. Right. You know, I mean, I'm just full on, I'm full on stalking you now. Right. I mean, he's, he's even like dressed like a stalker. Like he's got like on a ninja outfit. Because <laughs> he, he had plans that night. He, he got, to I'm stalk gonna, Ellie to Sawyer. To stalk Ellie Sawyer. <laughs> and but, maybe murder Harlan. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody will ever find out. I'll bury him in the desert. And he's, he's just moments away from finding out about the gizmo. He's creeping on her. She goes in to get the gizmo, and suddenly he's in the room with her. Right. And he's like, what is this? And he's smart enough to recognize that this thing, because it's kind of pulsing still, uh, that this is not something of this earth, right? Because we we know from earlier that it, it's not a metal that reads. So we all know what it is. Sherman sees it, smart guy. He's like, ooh, that's what they were talking about. Right. This is why they came to me for books, blah, blah, blah. What is this? And she's like, Sherman, shut up. But she just, you know... And he sees there's cords running off it. And what does that dumb son of a bitch do? What does he do? He plugs it into the wall. Oh, that's right. And the whole sequence starts all over again. It just goes crazy. I'm nitpicking. How is there any electricity at that school anymore? I don't know. Well, you know, because when the one tower blew up, uh, you know, those guys work quickly. They're on 24-hour call. (laughs) They got it all dialed in. In all fairness, too, I'm not saying there's there's a plot hole there. I'll go ahead and call them DWP. DWP shows oh, up and they're investigating. I'm going to go you one better. It's a time travel movie. Oh. So when it opened up that hole and it was running all along and it blew up out there, it did already reset itself at the school. Like it never happened. Fair enough. Let's go with that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's as good as explanation as you're going to get, it's, Corey. And, and it's fair enough because whatever. So Sherman plugs it in. And we already know what's going to happen because we've experienced we've seen it. it. We've seen it happen. But this time, there's nobody there to drop dynamite on a power tower. Right. And, and Sherman runs away and leaves Ellie Sawyer lying on the floor unconscious. Which shows you what kind of worm he is. It shows you everything you need to know about Sherman. If you didn't know, you know now. So, everything goes haywire. And the power goes out at the police station. And our buddies, uh, Harlan and uh, Vinny make an escape in one of the most keystone copy weird Charlie Chan things I've ever seen in my life. And it works. And it works because it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. They have to get out of jail and they do. Because nobody knows what's going on but four people. Five really. But Bob's gone. Bob is somewhere. We don't know where Bob is. Sherman's pieced out. Sherman is pissing himself in the quad. Ellie is either dead or at best, unconscious, or in another dimension. We don't know that. We don't know. Maybe don't she's know. with Bob. She's or with Bob. She's time with traveling Bob. somewhere else. So our but our 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 reluctant heroes, as I like to say, <laughs> what are they going to do about it? They know what's going on, and they get to the school. But now, unlike anything they ever just experienced before, there's fire trucks. There's, and it is it's, cop cars it's everywhere. Chaos because well, everybody in town can see. There's the, a giant cloud over the high school. Over the high school. Very Ghostbusters-esque. Right? Spinning around Spinning with around. like pink lightning bolts. <laughs> Shooting straight up into the sky. From the gym. Not unlike anything we saw a year before with Ghostbusters. Did I already say that? Did I already mention you Ghostbusters yeah, four or five okay, times? Okay. What, what was it again? What movie? 
um, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Never seen it. Right. We'll have we should to check ch- it out. We'll to, maybe we we'll, can do that. We'll put thing. it on the show at some point. <laughs> it's perfect. So everybody's there in town because this anomaly in the sky. Right. And it's what, crazy. And the guys sneak into the place. Because you can do that. Because you can do that. A lot, everybody's looking up. So you can just kind of sneak by them. And they know where they're going. So they get inside there and, man, this is something we hadn't seen yet. We saw pots come in and out. Oh. We saw this come in and out. But we didn't see what they experienced. Yeah, man. It, it, this is where the movie really kind of gets super crazy. And, you know, I mean, some people might say it's like too, it's gone over the edge. But I'm with it. I'm already invested into the movie, so I'm totally cool with. Now they walk in, and they are in the hallways of the high school, and but they're not alone. They are not alone. We start running into various humans, even non-humans, right? From Many different non-humans. time periods. There's there's Egyptians. There's the Egyptians looking for that pot. There's they, Egyptians. They're like, "Where's our fucking pot?" <laughs> they, they're carrying Cleopatra because it was probably her like bidet or something. You know, she probably used it for washing. <laughs> now there's Egyptians. Egyptians. And, um, uh, we're, uh, there's we're, space people. There's like uh, people from. You see Viet Cong walking Viet through. Cong and Vietnam soldier, uh, American soldiers, and there's uh, you know there's there's mutants from the future after the apocalypse. So, so we're seeing things from the past, recognizable, I you know things from the past, and we're seeing some things from the future. We're right. seeing mutants. We're seeing they're shooting laser blasts at them. Really cool. We see Michael Berryman. Right. And we see Michael Berryman. Michael Berryman's one of the mutants. Right. He's also in Weird Science. Playing a mutant playing biker. A mutant biker. This, this is just mutant number two in this. Yeah. He's a mutant biker number right. two. They, and they upgraded. He upgraded. He got an upgrade or a downgrade, depending on which one. Well, came no, out first. no. He got, he got, he's on a bike. So I think, doesn't he get a, he gets a bump? He gets a bump because yeah, of he gets that. a motorcycle bump. Yeah. Stunt bump. Stunt bump. Something like that. Yeah. Um, so like now all kinds of crazy stuff's going on. Like in, in, in somewhere in the center of the high school, we know it is the pulsing gizmo and it's created all this, it's opened up the, the, the portals and things are just pouring through. There's dinosaurs, there's spacemen, there's, like we said, there's Egyptians and there's Vietnam and there's wreckage of helicopters and all kinds of weird stuff. Oh, isn't Genghis Khan show up at one point? Genghis like, Khan. Like he's the first person and Harlan just kicks his ass. Khan just, <laughs> right? Yeah, because what we already know about Harlan, he's he's a badass. He can kick somebody's ass. He can kick no, ass. No, we don't know this. We don't know. We've never seen him do anything except for like talk about cars. So, anyway, he kicks Genghis Khan's ass, and, you know, the guys, it's like a video game at this point. They start picking up, like, machine guns. Like, <laughs> as they defeat these guys, they start grabbing their weapons, and they keep upgrading yeah, as they, they go down the hall. Yeah, and they take they take the, the Viet Cong's... Um, the AK-47s. Are they AK-47s? They're AK, I think right, they're AK-47s. Anyway, so, I they, so they got these weapons, and they're out there shooting people and stuff. By the way, I grew up with guns. I know how to use them. Oh, they, yeah. They just, but I would take me a second to kind of look at a weapon like that and to kind of figure out how to use it. And who it's knows not, how to use it? Who's the guy who knows how to use it? Sherman. Oh, Sherman. And he explains oh, it. Yeah, he yeah. learned it in a book, but he's pointing at Fisher Stevens' face. <laughs> again, Sherman, science dick. <laughs> right. He know, He's read the manual, but he has no common sense. He's waving it around like... <laughs> That's not how you use a gun. Like, this is one of those like, moments where they're like, here's the things you shouldn't do with a gun. And yeah. Sherman does all of them. I mean, he gets it ready to go, but yes, they should take it away from him right then. It's, Sherman's a... He, he should have had his own movie. He should have. He, he would have been Sherman. Something. Sherman. 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 <laughs> My Sherman. Science Project 2. <laughs> Sherman's I, Revenge. Sherman's Revenge. Sherman's the kind of douchebag that he wouldn't be the hero of the movie. He'd be the anti-hero because he'd use it to take over the world because he's a dick. Yeah, totally. Sherman is Sherman is Rob Codry in Hot Tub High Machine. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's 
Yeah, no, that's about right. So uh, Sherman. Sherman, right. A weapons expert. Right. So they're making their way down the hallway and they, they, stay, they just take to it like it's, they take to it like a fish to water. They're just shooting everything that pops out. And then they open into the gym and there's this, suddenly there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. The gym has a gaping hole in it now. It's yes. This, now, we haven't been in the gym before, but it's a gaping hole in the gym. And we're looking into Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's a Jurassic Park. Not bad uh, It's effects. not bad. It's not bad. You got a little bit of miniature puppet work going. Some pretty good puppet work going on. Yeah, and it's not terrible. They started taking shots at them. They're, they're unloading yeah, their weapons totally. on them. All, you know, from I might have cried. <laughs> the T-Rex? Because <laughs> the T-Rex? Yeah, a uh, little bit. Not recently. No. At one point, I okay. might have cried, like when there's like the close up on his eye and he's kind of going, oh, and his mouth's moving. So they're so they're shooting, <laughs> they're shooting him, they're shooting him, and all of a sudden, you know, Harlan goes, "I know how to use the grenade launcher on this." Right, <laughs> and he launches a grenade into the T Rex's stomach, and it blows open. Surprisingly gruesome when you can, an initial explosion, you don't really notice it, but that. After oh, yeah. effects of it, it's pretty gruesome for a PG movie. There's a hole. There's a hole there with guts. <laughs> so, so the T Rex falls down, and one of the worst unsettling parts of this is when they're walking past. This at this point, it's not a miniature. They're walking past a, a full scale, yeah, uh, um, animatronic build. Right, its arm is twitching. Yeah, it's twitching, and it could it could have been a total accidental thing that the animatronic might have been acting a malfunction up or it's a malfunction sure. but it sold Highly this effective. thing this, this living thing was dying and it's eye like the light is going yeah. it's eye is closing and it's I, I'm literally I was like oh and I felt horrible I'm like and they have no remorse they just killed like some there was no wonderment of like oh my god that's a, they, nothing they just killed they just, it just and, F you Barney and they moved on totally man which kind of tells you everything you need to know about America in the 80s and as if we don't already know, it is a statement. This movie's loaded with Easter eggs. And then more Sherman Dickish stuff. Oh, yeah. They're walk, they've killed the T Rex. They're moving on from the gym. And what does that douchebag do? He takes his gun and he shoots the scoreboard inside the gym, just unloads on it, just so it to watch it split and fall apart. I'm like, dude, we already know you don't like anybody. Right. You don't have to make that statement. I mean, it, you just killed a, a dinosaur. You just killed something you th- you've never seen. He was he should have been the guy remorseful for the whole thing, right? Like, right. Science nerd. I'm not buying it. They're shooting the scoreboard. I mean, if you need, if you felt the need to unload some aggression and bluff a few rounds, shoot it in the dying T Rex because he's Put suffering. Put him out of his misery. He's suffering. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, like I said, I might have cried at one point, but I did appreciate watching the T Rex. Toss Fisher Stevens across oh, that, the room. <laughs> that is one of falls, the. He just falls out of frame. It's one of the. It's one of the funnier moments. That and the fact that they. Um, I'm just gonna throw out there real quick. They kill the uh, the monkey from the beginning of 2001 early on. Oh <laughs> yes, that's actually that is the first encounter. That's isn't the first. It? That's encounter. the first aggressive yes. encounter they have with these. With uh, this, with the same bone that he. That, I mean, it was obviously they were going for that, and they totally got it, and it was funny. Who 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 identified the early man, Neanderthal man? Was it Sherman? It was Sherman. Sure. <laughs> sure, of course, it was it Sherman. Sure was, well, I, I couldn't remember. It wasn't that's right, Vince that's right or because Harlan. That's right because he because Ellie is still lying. Ellie is somewhere well, in this in the high school. We don't know. We haven't found her yet. She might not even be around. 
just ignore the fact that I keep bringing up the fact that she's laying around. <laughs> she's, just, and no, she's just laying. They can't remember where. And they was the well again logic. Let's not worry about logic. Yeah, they're, they're uh, making their way through the high school because that's what they're doing. I'm no history expert, but I think that's early Neanderthal man. Right. I mean, I was like, oh yeah, I'm well, like duh. Don't you work at the library, dude? <laughs> we know you know it. Stop showing off. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Sherman. Sherman. Science dick. Science dick. Uh, so, so anyway, right. So they're, they're making their way through and, and now they're coming to, you know, things are getting crazier. There's dinosaurs and like, you know, the power. And so we know they're getting close and now they step into, uh, the room back into the auto shop. And, and it looks like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when they open the trunk, right? And the, and the Nazis are all standing around and there's things swirling around and, you know, she's lying over on the floor and the three of them are standing there, you know, looking into the vast, whatever the hell is in, going on. Into the abyss. Yes. No, it, it totally is the abyss. It's, it's, like, it's like a giant hole has opened. I think it's the, even the cover of the of the poster, right? It is. It's like, it's like a black hole of like crazy. Well, remember the cover of the poster? And the box has them both very much like in Ghostbuster posing. Oh, 100%. Like just like that triangle formation. Oh, yeah. Totally. But so here they are. They get to the, the auto shop, and there's this glowing thing shooting up in the sky. You get your swirly cloud thing. And they think the Harlan's idea is to unplug it. Now, I don't recall. Did the Sherman ever say, oh, I started the fire nope. over here? He certainly does not. He doesn't. So He never cops So I don't it. know how he, why Harlan may think that it's plugged into something that, and I can just unplug it. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing maybe he thinks that they never unplugged it when Bob was there. That's entirely I, possible. Maybe he well, forgot. you know what? Because they never make it back to the school. Right. Not but, until because they, get, because they get arrested. Right. And all, you know, we, get, we figure out things are going on. And they had to send Sawyer back. To start this whole thing again, so that so he gets so Harlan is there. He gets to the he sees the the, the gizmo just out going awry. You got your fog machine laying down a well. Laid. Oh man, it's like a blanket. It is. It's like Carpenter would be like that's some fog. It is a high school dance party. Oh yeah, man, right? <laughs> it does. It's like it's like a mixer. It is. It's a, with people from other time periods and <laughs> planets. This is a this is a meet and greet, everybody. The gizmo is like a party machine. It is. It's bringing people from bringing, all walks of life together. Yeah, absolutely. See, that's see. They should have sold it that way because I mean, I would have picked one up. It would have been great. Science nerds. So Harlan comes up the gizmo and he's having a hard time getting close. Every time he gets close to it, he's almost getting bobbed. Oh yeah, man. He's getting close and he's getting glowy on his hands, and he stops and looks over and he sees Sawyer passed out with debris all over her. Oh my gosh, it's Allie. My God, she's covered in that vase. <laughs> it's Cleo Satcher's so cooter washer. <laughs> so there lies Allie on the floor. She's unconscious. <laughs> we don't know what the hell's going on with Sawyer. Is she dead? Is she dead? He doesn't. He doesn't know, and he's a dumb auto guy, so he doesn't think to check her pulse or anything. No, because like he's got his hands on the gizmo. Right. Well, does he goes and picks her up though? Doesn't he? Right. Because he, he moves he, her. He he breaks free from he, the gizmo. He breaks free. He breaks free from the gizmo. He's not totally bobbed. He gets it unplugged he somehow. Gets, he gets. He picks her up and hands her off to to Vinny or near, where near Vinny is, and and then he goes back to unplug the thing. Right. And we and and he goes back to unplug it, and then he gets like shot across the room, which is something we haven't seen yet. the The gizmo hasn't been that aggressive; it hasn't been violent in that way. No, but now it's got its life of its own. It doesn't want to be shut down. Shut down. It's It's like war games. 
<laughs> it's sentient. It's gone off the rails. So so here he is. He doesn't. He finally gets back in. He gets and picks up himself after getting shot across the room by this thing that has so much power surging through it that it didn't kill him somehow. And he comes up to it and he figures out a way to unplug it and he unplugs it. Because he's at the at the at the core of it, it's a machine, and man is always going to figure out how to beat machine, even though we've built these machines. And Mike figures it out; it's not any more complicated than a goat carburetor kit. And we know this thing doesn't need to have constant juice to function. How he finds it in, in uh, at the Air Force Base, it's glowing, and it's been sitting there for almost 50, thirty years. Yeah, right. Thirty, what, thirty, twenty-eight, twenty-nine years, something just, like that. So it keeps itself alive and functioning, waiting for an opportunity to gain more energy and right. be what it's supposed to be. But like you said, it's at this point is sentient. It's not going out without a fight. It's unplugged, but still got enough juice going through it. That 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 swirling cloud still going. There's still a bolt of energy shooting up in the sky. Zul is coming through that thing someday. We don't we don't know. Choose the form of the destructor. Oh, yeah, dude! If I would have like, if the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man had shown up, I would give this movie a ninety-nine out of a hundred. I would never argue with anybody <laughs> ever again. This is this is the Ghostbusters we never got. This is the Ghostbusters we should have gotten. So right, he gets it unplugged, but it's still got enough energy in it, right? And, and all of a sudden, he starts glowing again. And just like with science teacher Bob, he starts glowing and glowing and glowing. He's not having the euphoric uh, reaction that Bob had. Because he's he's because he's, he's resisting it. Bob was into the whole idea and the experience, and you he's know like what? LSD. The gizmo may have been a little more. It may have been a little more actively uh, trying to hurt Harlan because he doesn't. Because you just oh, you could feel it. You're resisting it. You, and you could feel it. Could feel that you're resisting it. Bob was willing and willing to go, and was all about whatever it was. In, and you know, Harlan's like, no way, man. It doesn't work with my brain. The, I'm not smart. <laughs> I may not be smart, man, <laughs> but I know carburetors. <laughs> I know carburetors, and this thing's a carburetor for an alien spacecraft. So I know how to, I know how it functions. Nobody knew in 1957 how to deal with it. Dumb, because they were all dumb. Because they're all dumb. So so all of a sudden he's getting bobbed in a big way. It totally engulfs him. Yeah, and just he's like with to Bob, he disappears. And of course, Vinny and Vinny, Vinny's like, oh, Sawyer and oh, Sherman no. are all screaming. Uh, you know, Vinny's just kind of like, oh, Vinny doesn't seem to. No, nah, Vinny's concerned. like, Vinny's you know, like, Vinny's, Vinny's, Vinny's like, sweet, do I get your car now? He's from Brooklyn, dude. He's seen way worse. I get your, I get the goat now. The goat's my it's car. My, I don't hey, have Mike. that beater Seville anymore. Hey, I get Mike. this. <laughs> so puts on. Hey, Ellie, so hey, you want Sawyer? Ellie's having a meltdown. She's like, oh my god, Michael. Sherman is just. Like basically now he's just he's like wallowing in his own feces. Super happy, you would think, with Harlan out of the picture now. Now's my chance. Yeah, he's having a hard time containing it. He he's really not is. excited about it. Cause he's he yeah. Sherman. He's Sherman. <laughs> Science dick. dick. Yeah, so this is and then suddenly, out of nowhere, Harlan is back. Harlan reappears. He explodes into the room. He's just there, lying down, almost in a fetal position. <laughs> Yeah, right. Almost covered in slime. I mean, I for a moment I figured I thought he was gonna be he was gonna be birthed out of some weird. You know, I was he waiting was. for he that. He came out of that hole. He did. He dropped out of the hole. But uh, you know, they they didn't cover him in slime. But no, I, that's that would be too poltergeisty, that would be, dude. Because it was very poltergeisty. The shot of like you might as well have been looking at the the, the ceiling in their house. Um, but yes, no slime, no knotted rope. <laughs> Which is another movie altogether. Yeah, totally. I don't want, let's not talk about the knotted rope because that's <laughs> weird. It's like the Serbian film. 
I'm never going to see that. <laughs> you don't need to. I've not seen it either. Let's, this is a family show. No, it's not. But no, it's let's, not. Let's, it's, it's, it's not that. It's not Everything's bad. a family show when you're talking about the Serbian film. That's pretty much, for nothing. Pretty that's much for something else. any um, studio or independent movie, and like non-pornographic movies, are on the table for us, except for that. Yeah, man, I'm not ever talking about We're that. We're never going to go there. No. Not at all. So yeah. So so Mike's stop back. writing it. <laughs> so stop writing. Mike is back. He is uh, lying on the floor in a fetal position. He's there, and they're like super excited, and they're hugging. And I mean, what happens, man? He's, mean, he's just he's just there's a flash. There's a flash. <laughs> and it's Bob. It's Bob. He's back. Bob is back. Bob. Bob looks. Bob looks a lot like like you just roll out an Easy Rider for some reason. A little bit of Easy Rider in his outfit almost sells like what he wears in uh, Texas Chainsaw 2. Oh, yeah. A little bit of Texas Chainsaw 2. It might have been because they were made around the same time. same time. He probably kept that jacket. <laughs> he looks a little bit like that, a little bit like Custer. I think that was a point where Hopper had made like he did Texas Chainsaw, uh, River's Edge, Blue Velvet, My Science Project. There was that whole like it's kind of the re- resurgence of Dennis Hopper in the right. mid 80s. You know, so he was probably popping back and forth. They probably filmed all those movies at the same time, and he probably was just stealing his wardrobe and like, hey, showed up. He was funny. Oh, hey, yeah, you should wear that. That's great. One of the funniest things uh, and of this movie at the very beginning when we just got introduced to Bob and the kids clear out of the science class after he's talked to Harlan, see, you better bring your shit in or you're going to fail. He has a pulls out an oxygen tank. Oh, yeah. And he kind of takes a hit from it, just a little tube. Not, not like a face mask or anything, but just takes a hit of it. And this is... A year before Blue Velvet. Right. And granted, that's nitrous. Point is, it's like two consecutive movies still kind of making a play on the Easy Rider days where he was a guy that was experimenting and whatnot. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing about the the, the, the whole thing, like there's so many fun things there with, uh, with Hopper, like, you know, the way he shows up. I mean, at the beginning, he's, you know, clean shaven. He's got the, he's got shaggier hair for a teacher, but I did, he's like every teacher I knew like in high school. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's perfect. Except for he was kookier and probably way cooler than any of my teachers. Uh, and then he shows up at the end. He's got long hair and he's got the mustache and he looks like he just rode out of like, you know, Custer's last day. And, and he's wearing that fringe jacket and he's like, you know, I was at Woodstock, man. And then the, <laughs> and the cops are trying to the, Richard Mauser and his band of angry cops show up. And, where have you been? <laughs> and they arrest him. And, but what is the bright point here at the end of the movie? Vinny gets hit by a car. I'm not, Michael, I'm giving you an A. He gets Mike, an A, he man. Get, he he graduates. Gets, you know what's funny about this movie? And in that moment about getting an A, he doesn't, first of all, he doesn't need an A. Because, he just needed a D to pass. Right, right. Because he was excited about it. When, he, when Bob is going off to his to his uh, civil rights movement. Right, <laughs> yeah, he's totally. Doing, he says, if you guys don't pull us off, you're getting a D. And what does he say? D, I'll hey, take it. I'll take it. Oh, right. shit, we don't have to do anything. Right, they could have avoided this whole thing. They could have, like, the town would have been safe. But, you know, the, the thing is, I think they're all better for it. They are all better people for Him it. Him and Sawyer have a lot to talk about. Uh, you know, until she gets bored and realizes that he is stupid and is like motorhead and she dumps him. I mean, she's not going to science dick for sure. No. Um, because she deserves better. Because Sherman's plan to take over the world. Sherman. <laughs> Sherman's revenge. Sherman's revenge. I'm coming. This summer. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. A, there's a God, thing. why didn't that happen? Because uh, no one saw this movie. I know. It's so weird, right? It, I mean, it was released in August. The second week of August, maybe in '85. Like, literally, I let I me mean, I looked it up. It was a week after Weird Science. I don't know that I don't like this movie more than I like Weird Science. 
I don't like weird science. I don't either. I yeah. mean, I feel like I'm, I feel like there's there's some really there's some moments where I laughed. Like, it's I didn't think it was a whale's dick, honey. It's, but I mean, it's, it's the crystal skull of, of Hughes movies. Of Hughes movies, <laughs> it is. I, I, I don't. There's, I'm not a fan. Thing is, I, I think it's half-assed. Dude, it's it feels jumbled. It doesn't. It feels like there's some a few ideas put together. Yep. And that all that makes enough sense. Yeah, I've always liked this movie better. Then and now, I mean, because I just tried to watch Weird Science not long ago. Maybe we'll do an episode on Weird Science um, if we could suffer through it. But I mean, I, it, to me, it wasn't as fun. I mean, this movie, flawed as it is, I don't know, man. What did you think? You hadn't seen it in a long time. I, I, I love. I enjoyed it. I hadn't seen it in. I, I missed it in the theater when it was out, and a lot of, for a lot of reasons. Even though I was somebody that paid attention to movie releases. It got kind of lost in that weird science release, and, right? In 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 this in this summer vacation was almost over. It was almost time to go back to school, right? I found this movie on video, and like a lot of the movies that we're going to be discussing in the future, a lot of them found their home and found their life and found their audience on VHS, right? And absolutely, and that's what it was with this. This one, crazy to think about it for a movie that, that did so poorly at the box office. This one would not stay on the shelf. No, not at all, man. It, we we had. Five copies of it, and they were always rented out. Always rented out, and because people discover, I'm like, oh man. I mean, you do it more so now. We're like, man, I wish I would have seen this in the theater. This is a movie that definitely would have voted well in the theater. The cinematography in it. Oh yeah, David Walsh was the DP on it. The dude, I mean, come on, he worked on Silver Streak. He worked on Private Benjamin. Yeah, and I he mean, worked on uh, Murder by Death. Right, the guy has a great eye, and that's the thing about this movie. It looks really good. Oh yeah, it looks better than. It probably deserves to look. Well, that's the thing about like like weird science. Weird science doesn't look good. You watch it. Think about it when we watch this again next time. It's shot for television. Yeah, it's, it looks Every, like a TV Everything, movie. even though it's wide, it's everybody is 4-3'd in it. I'll give you one better. The TV series looks better than the movie. The, the Weird Science TV series I, the, short-lived. I love the TV series. Yeah, Vanessa it was, Angel. It was very good. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, it was a fun show. To me, it, 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 the premise was better it, set for a TV series. It, exactly. It worked because, you know, the reason why Weird Science, I guess, look at, we won't have to cover Weird Science now. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> let's stop right there. So listen, this movie, though, to me, better than Weird Science. Uh, you know, it, it's, is it Back to the Future? No, but it, it really wasn't trying to be Back to the Future. Right. Uh, and I think it kind of has its own identity. It's a movie that, like, a lot of people probably haven't seen. Uh, you know, since video stores went under, because but like like we were saying, this movie, man, couldn't we couldn't keep a copy of it in. Like every weekend, it was it was rented out. Uh, yeah, it, and it's fun, man, and it's it's, uh, you know, it's everything. Like you know, it's a good '80s movie. Teenagers doing things. The adults aren't jerks in it, except for Mauser and the angry cops. Yeah. But it's like they don't—they don't get in the way. Like it's, they're not trying to teach you anything. What I enjoy about most about it is that there are life lessons to be learned in it, but they're not jammed down your throat, and they never get super serious yeah, and, and sappy. Doesn't seem to be as many antagonists in it. Mike Sherman, yeah, he's a dick in everything, but, but we know. But we all but know Sherman's got to be a little bit dick, otherwise we don't get our third act. Right. We don't. We don't get the chaos. We don't need the jocks to come on and be bad guys because we already have Sherman. We've and, then, introduced- and there's and the, the jocks in this are so cookie cutter. I'm like again, they're they, they're, they're beer guzzling they're, they're, they're beer guzzling guys in Letterman jackets. That's all I know. That's all I could tell you about them. They drove a jeep. That's they were drinking too. beer in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. and then running around with uh, Star Wars masks on. Weird stormtroopers masks, right? How like do you get the clearance for that. By dude, the way, this is back before clearance was a thing, right? Because. Clearance didn't really. Be, if you look at any of those early '80s movies, no, dude. There's a lot of Star Wars stuff in everything, 
And no one cared. But I want to say, like, Jedi was probably still a fairly big thing. Like, Yeah, and that's another thing, too. Two was, years after uh, like, I saw it. That was also in a time frame when movies weren't right. weren't in and out in three, 30 days. Certainly, and they didn't come on cable, like, six weeks after they were in the theater. Right. Um, you know, you if you wanted to track them down, you had to go rent them. And, you know. It was a lot of years before something, something like right. Jedi. Like, would, I don't think Jedi, maybe, I don't know for sure. I don't want somebody to write me a letter and tell me I'm an idiot. But maybe it wasn't even out on VHS. Oh no, at, we, we in eighty five. We didn't get the trilogy until gosh, late eighties. Yeah, I mean, maybe Star Wars was available early on. I think because I might have a v, I might have a VHS and I, I'll look at it. I but, always thought I always thought it was just a trilogy. I don't know. Least. Maybe anyway. I feel like maybe one of them, the first one, was out, or I don't know. But it's but, nebulous. Yeah, it was long, it, it, long ago, in galaxy far away. <laughs> But the movie did find its home on VHS. And and then on cable. And in cable. Yeah, definitely. People our age remember seeing it. That sounds familiar. Right. That That's, sounds familiar. Yes. and But like again, people, pro- you know, a lot of people I know, they like confuse it with weird science or real genius. And that's fair because... They all came out the came same out summer, fairly like, close to each other. Weeks apart. Something as recent as a week apart. Right. That's the tough part about a movie like that. And at the time, those studios, man, there were so many studios long before the the, the phrase micro uh, micro studios and mini majors and all those silly taglines that came out when indie hit. There there were lots of movie studios in town and varying degrees of uh, recognition. Oh right, I mean it's funny there, but even like the spinoff things like Silver Screen Partners and like those things. To me, like when I was a kid, they still seemed big. Like I, I mean, Touchstone. I mean, I knew that they were all Disney owned, but they were, you know, they, they seemed bigger. They like seemed, now there's right. like, you know, you look at a $3 million movie and it's got like, there's like six, there's like six producing companies all attached. You got to look at all these logos in the first like 30 seconds of like, oh man, it took nine dudes to make this, mo- nine companies to make this movie. It's such a frequent thing now too, because indie movies are only called indie movies now because they're not a $200 million popcorn movie. Here, get this. So, Real Genius, August 7th, 1985. <laughs> Weird Science, August 2nd. And My Science Project, August 9th, if you can trust IMDb. Now, how is that? <laughs> they all A dumped in day, the same... 10-day window. Right. Well, no wonder maybe this thing got pushed to the... I mean, I don't recall Real Genius being a giant hit either. It's another movie that kind of people like sort of fell in love with. But yeah, but Real Genius... It's not really un- like unlike these, these other, other two. two. These two movies, if... If you just see a TV spot in passing, yeah, and it's probably why Weird Science did so well. And they both have, I mean, they they also have some sort of, they all have a bit like the science in two. Two of them have the word science in them. Genius is in the other one. Genius science. It's all the same movie. I mean, and that's how my dad would have described it. And, and I think in a lot of ways that the release on VHS led to my science project being such a high traffic renter. Oh yeah, because people, some people were mistaking it for Weird Science. Correct. Or they or they love the box and they're so and they sublimity they're like it's got it's got a Ghostbusters vibe to it you know I mean that stuff yeah I want to say like you know this from working in video stores sometimes people would rent stuff just because the box looked cool everybody and even especially horror fans oh man genre but you pick at that box and look at the back and it's just some shot of uh, some severed limb oh I'm right. renting this well it's also the reason that like I mean you know people keep re-releasing like you know that's why we keep buying different versions of like Hellraiser because they change the box. Art, they add one thing or whatever it is 
you know, I mean, so yes, I, I feel like maybe Real Genius gained some, uh, once it hit shelves and was in everybody's, at everybody's eye level when they walk into the store and they're walking around looking for something to read, they're like, ooh, that kind of looks like Ghostbusters. And then you read the description, the box was fun, uh, it sounded great on the back, and you take it home and, and it was fun. It was fun, yes. That's the thing about the movie. If I was to say, if somebody, my overall thing, if you haven't seen it, see it, it's fun. It's, you know, it's not, it's, 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 it's for, it's about two dudes. You know, it also kind of, I just thought about this saying two dudes. It's also got a little Bill and Ted, like pre Bill and Ted. Oh yeah. And you you can, you can tell that the guys that did Bill and Ted's excellent adventure were taking elements from it. I mean, the whole time traveling, people coming in and then. And yeah. then, you know, George Carlin, Rufus. George Carlin is essentially Bob. Bob. Yeah. And don't they even go as far as to put Genghis Khan in both movies? Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it, so yeah, it's just a movie that kind of got lost in the shuffle, but I really enjoy it. It was not a bad way to spend an hour and 40 minutes for sure on a rainy day. Yeah. You know? it, it, this, and this is something you guys can find on DVD on Blu-ray and it's on most most, I think you could you can rent it on most streaming yeah, services. Yeah, I think it's like two ninety nine on Prime. If you want to just you know, if you want to check that, it's you know three bucks. It's not going to hurt you. You can buy the DVD for uh, the Blu Ray for five ninety nine. <laughs> so if you need to see it right now, if you need to see it right this moment, you can go ahead and get on on, on Prime Video, or you can just wait two days and get yeah, on Blu Ray. Yeah, order it. They'll send it to you. You'll have it on, you know, if you order it now, you'll have it on Sunday. And you'll, have, and you'll have something tangible in your hand and you can go, oh, I can watch this now. Yeah, you can look at the box art and know what we're talking about and, you know, read the description on the back and all that fun stuff. Be forewarned though, there's nothing Yeah, extra. no bonus. On this, on this Blu-ray. Although, you know, if Shout Factory's listen, hey, dudes, come on, man. This is a movie. You, you guys did Dragnet. I mean, you could, you could do you my, science, do my project. science project. You can do my project. You know, other than Dennis Hopper, everybody's still with us. You can yeah. still do you can updates, Fisher, interviews. Yeah, absolutely. That would be a fun thing. Yeah, man. They could do one of those things. I mean, absolutely. They, they could certainly do it. I mean, you could throw out a Shout Select. I mean, look, man, they've done some of my other favorite movies, which I never in a million years would have thought, like Shakedown, things like that. If you guys are listening, think about my science project. My science project. Think about it. I didn't think about our uh, our kicks of the week. Oh right. Uh, what would your kicks of the week be? Oh, uh, you know, thinking about uh, films that probably weren't given their due or just missed because it happens. I think I would like to throw out, it's another movie from 1985 called Heaven Help Us. Donald Sutherland, Andrew McCarthy, uh, Mary Stuart Masterson, who we're going to talk about in a few things, Kevin Dillon, John Hurd. It involves a bunch of kids in 1965 Brooklyn, guys in a Catholic school, girl from the wrong side of the tracks. It's a weird, kind of funny, warm time piece. It is a teen movie, but it also appeals to grown-ups, etc. I remember actually I sat down and watched with my dad. It's a fun little movie that you might have missed the first time around that you should give it a shot. It's uh, Heaven Help Us, 1985. Look for it. My Kicks of the Week is actually going to be something I'm probably not going to do a lot of and go off track and not be about something you can watch or listen to. I thought in the spirit of science... Maybe go on a website like in one particular is called education.com slash science dash projects, science fair, sorry, science dash fair. So you can go on there. There's over 2000 science projects that you could do for school projects, whatever. But I think it'd be cool to go back and check out some of these projects and remind yourself like, hey, back in the day, this is what I did. 
It'd be a fun little thing to do if you have kids or just do it for yourself. It'd be fun. I mean, I'm not, I'm sure it goes beyond just taking uh, you know, baking soda and pouring vinegar on it. And Oh, look, man, I think that's an awesome, that's, that's pretty, I might do it myself. I mean, I think that's great. I think it'd be something, something cool to do in between watch heaven help us. Yeah. Watch heaven help us and then go build a volcano and blow your garage up. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. That's it. Good night. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at KaratePod, K-A-R-A-T-E-P-O-D. And if you really want to bug me individually, you can hit me up on Twitter at Corey Culp, C-O-R-E-Y-C-U-L-P, or on Instagram at Culprit97. What about you, Freddie? If you'd like to hit me up and leave me uh, hate mail or whatever, you can reach me at Freddie Love at Raven Shattuck on Twitter or Rock and Roller 33 on your Instagram or mine, whatever. <laughs>